and the greatest. Ninety-nine bottles of beer on the wall is a great jam. But why are they on the wall? Put those beers in that fridge. No one likes a cold beer. All right, welcome to Judd and Earbuds, the only podcast that started before the quarantine. My name is Judd. I'm sitting here with a comedy legend. Yeah, stop, that's right. I'm. Stop. Uh, he's he's blushing. <laughs> you probably know him. He's one of the greatest comedians in the scene in Milwaukee. Give it up for my friend Chris Schmidt. Chris, hey, how are we doing today? Hey, everybody. How are we doing today? I'm, I'm doing all right. Me and Chris are, are drinking 40s. Air toast. Yeah, air toast, because we are six feet away. We're drinking 40s for Judd and Earbud's 40th episode. It's, a, it's an anniversary. That corona, this feels so good. Get that corona in, man. So, Chris, how long have you been doing comedy? Um, well, it's it would be coming up on eight years this summer. I don't know if this time counts. This has <laughs> I been, think it does. I'd, I would rather it didn't. <laughs> if we could just subtract it. Oh, let's just subtract the last, like, f- five years. Let's say three years. <laughs> does it, do you feel worse when you say eight years? Or do you feel like you've, you've accomplished things that you, like, are, are a veteran? Right now, it, it does not feel good. Does not feel good? No. So, where did you first start comedy? Where was the first time you got up on stage it was at the art bar open mic which was uh you know at art have you you've been to yep. the art bar yep. one art bar every uh second and fourth thursday yeah it used to be it used to be more more popular than then it kind of like died off and then i think gary re-rose it from the because we, we only had like three mics at the time so yeah. it was like you had to go yeah it was good i liked that one who ran the cast of killers ran it. yeah that was uh rotated they would rotate it eric thorson mm-hmm. laura bites josh Ballou had it for a while after that I think, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe Sammy had it? Sammy hosted it sometimes, yeah. Okay, yeah. They would kind of pass it around okay. between each other. Yeah, but that was a good mic. That's a good one to, to get get bearings on, I think. You know, just like, you know, getting on stage and getting some stage time. Uh, I don't I don't think a, a, a mic now, like um, the mic or, or anything, would, would be the best for maybe like a, your first time. Like you want, you want to at least have a good audience to like see if It's the, ideal you if go. you can depend on at least like eight people looking at you and paying some <laughs> level of attention. Yes, yes. But also- Which, uh, you, you can't at all of them. Yeah, but I mean, if you get a, a good number, like Bremen's always going to be great. Yeah. Either or not, you'll have eight comedians in there watching you at the time. So you're going to you're gonna be good there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good scene. Where did you first know you were funny? Like when did you like think, all right, this is what I want to do. This is this is what I want to pursue. Um, I don't I don't know exactly. It, do, doing it was just a matter of me finding out there were open mics and I could give it a try. Mm-hmm. I think like, I think my friends always told me I was funny, but like everyone's friends tell them they're funny. That's why you have friends. <laughs> no one wants a person that's not funny around. <laughs> Those people are unbearable. That's true. That's you ever do that? You ever like hang out with people and there's one guy who's like not funny and you just don't understand? <laughs> And you have no, like, entryway into, like, connecting with that person because you'll, like, try to make a joke and they'll just stone face you. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst of a person who doesn't pick up sarcasm. Yeah. Like, you can just say something and they don't realize that you don't mean that at all. And then they probably go home and think, you are the worst person ever. Or sometimes they'll, like, they'll respond sarcastically, but their sarcasm is even more deadpan than your sarcasm. And then you you don't know what's happening. You're like, are we are we on a collision course here? I don't... Yeah, have you ever been on like a uh, a bad date where you couldn't connect like with sense of humor? Have I have I done internet dating? Is what you're asking? <laughs> yes, yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, like going on a bad date or a first date where you just like try to throw a joke out there and just like lighthearted, uh, yeah. 
and they just take it the other way is insane. Yeah, they call it nervous laughter, but I think it's also just polite laughter. If someone says something with like the cadence of a joke and you want that person yeah. to feel encouraged at all, you give them at least a <laughs> or a, that's so funny. There was one time I was on a first date and I, I, I we were the lightheading. I, I remember I drank very, very foo-foo-y coffee drinks. Like I, I, so I said to her, I was like, yeah, basically I wear yoga pants and North Face when I go and get my white chocolate mochas from Starbucks, like a true white girl. And she took that so offensively <laughs> as if I was like just being the most sexist person in the world. She goes, what, do you think all white girls are the same? And I'm like, N- no, it was not. It's like just a joke. Like, take right. it easy. You know? Pretty much end of date right there. Yeah, That's not much. recoverable. There was no date number two. I think we went and I don't remember what we did after that, but it was not great. I was on one recently where, and I made the mistake of, if you like, we were talking about comedy and uh, I was trying to explain a bit of someone I had seen, and that's just, it's a formula for disaster. You yeah. can't, you got to provide so much context. I was trying to talk about this one Nate Bargatze bit. Nate Bargatze, one of my favorite oh, comedians. So good. And he's got a great bit about uh, the movie The Sixth Sense. Yep. You know, and like a lot of people have Sixth Sense material, but it's all kind of the same joke. This was a great twist on it. He said that uh, he was talking about women giving men the silent treatment. And how women give men the silent treatment so much that in that scene where she's on the he he goes to sit with her at the restaurant and she's alone and he's talking to her and she's not responding, you don't realize he's dead yet because that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah, like <laughs> and the best part is he says how he got shot right away in the first. <laughs> it's more believable that she was giving him the silence treatment than he being dead the whole time is what we all thought, you know. And I made the mistake of trying to say I thought that bit was really funny, <laughs> and she was like. I don't give people the silent treatment. <laughs> and I was like, ah, this this has gone horribly uh, wrong already. I watched I I rewatched Nate Nate Bargatze's stand up last two nights ago. It's the best. It's so like if you if you haven't if you do not know who Nate Bargatze is, go watch the stand ups first. He's got a thirty minute special, then go watch the Tennessee Kid. Which is his our special? They're both on Netflix. Go watch them; they're gonna be amazing. Every everyone's back on Michael Jordan because of the Last Dance. Nate Bargatze's a guy you could say is like a Michael Jordan of comedy. Just every move he makes is perfect. Yeah, he's it's conversational. Like it seems like he's just talking to the audience in like a easygoing. This is not written material or anything. It just seems like it's just very natural. It's all perfectly in sync. Yeah, just completely in harmony with who he is and his writing. It's all you, building up to laughs. And, and yeah, you don't you don't see slip ups or he covers them up good enough that you don't even realize. When when you watch something like that, is it for you? Is it discouraging or encouraging? Both. <laughs> you yeah, know, I like, think it's the same with me. I want to try to like. I just would love to have one bit work that well. Yeah, but. You know, you're also like you're you're like reaching for the sun right there. You can't expect yourself to do. If I write a bit about a dead horse, it's not gonna be as good as his dead horse bit. It sucks. <laughs> like it, like it's amazing that you could do that, and it was just off of seeing one horse. But it is, I suppose, the encouragement is like seeing that and kind of if you can map out like how yeah what it comes down to is he saw a dead horse and he was able to build like that network of connections to make that bit. Yeah. That's what it's really all about. We just got to figure out how to do that. Also, the thing about seeing a, a stand-up special is you don't see the work that they put into it unless yeah, you see them on true. tour and everything. You see them in the mics or see them, you know. So 
they put so many years into that. And when you're working on that level too, there's a there's a translation to it because yeah. that's a that's a theater full of people who are there to see him. You can't compare that to what's gonna how how your response is gonna be at like a bar show. True. For for being in the scene in Milwaukee, you have to do the mics and and have the have the bar shows and have all those. Absolutely, absolutely. But I also think it makes it makes when you do bigger shows that much more you appreciate it almost that much more because you've worked so hard at these small small shows that when you have these big shows, it feels great to get that audience. You know. Absolutely, it does. Yeah. So let's talk. Let's talk about your career. I mean, you've hosted a bunch of open mics. I, I did. Well, I had I had the one in Bayview that was. It started at the Down and Over, and then that closed. But we moved it over to Frank's, and then I was at Frank's for like five years, mm-hmm. I think. And then what was what was the other one? Uh, the one we just did. Yeah, what was that one? We just started doing uh, one that was called the Wild Card Open Mic at uh, Vegas Pub in uh, River West, right Thank by you. Bremen, so we could Thank go from Bremen. To, yeah. Uh, but we only we had one, and then the shutdown happened. <laughs> yeah, so. That's true. Like everything shut down, and it was good. It was a lot of fun too. It was a mostly comic mic, but it was like a fun hangout we were doing. We had that. Were you there? I had to leave that time, but everyone told me you had the wild hat. We had the hat of doom. The hat yeah. of doom. There you go. You pull prompts out. I think that adds something that that's a that's you should have one mic in your scene that has something like that because we got to learn to like think on our feet. Well, it's also just something new instead of going to the same thing every single week, you know. Yeah. And it, and it adds a aspect of. Is there a uh, is there a bomb? Is a bomb about to be dropped above us? I hope so. I'm sure, we'll get that on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the biggest show you've ever done? I did the keg stand one time. Was maybe like 200 people were there. Yeah. A comedy on, I did a I got a weekend at comedy on state one time when I was like relatively new I fluked into that and uh, there was like one show that was like sold out where they had to go beyond bar capacity they had to like open up the back yeah. of the room so I think there was like 250 or so that's pretty good though I mean that's a big crowd it, it, it's big relatively though it's not that huge but I'm saying compared to like if you get at like Turner or something where oh, you start yeah. to like really you know yeah. I, that's what I would love to do at some if I could just at once have like a thousand people or something <laughs> Have you ever tried the comedy outside? Uh, I have. Actually, this kind of connects to that. I was, uh, this one time this guy contacted me. He'd like gotten my name from another comic and he wanted me to host this cancer benefit he Mm -hmm. was doing. It was going to be like, there was like bands playing all day. Anyway, so I'm doing this cancer benefit show and the guy told me to expect like 1,500 people or something. Jeez. And I was like going to be hosting. So he's like, I want you to do some time up top and then yeah. introduce the bands. And he sent me like these like long introductions for every single band. <laughs> and he's like, so if you could just memorize these and like, this huge, like it was like a, like a, like a five page script or something. Jeez. And he's like, we can't pay you, but it's a cancer benefit. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's, I don't, I mean, I think cancer sucks. So how do you say no to it? And know? it was just, I just thought it would be like, you know, if nothing else, it's like a good resume show. True. And I showed up. And it is the, you could definitely fit 1,500 people into the lot in front of the giant stage on which this was held. But at no point in time were there more than, like, 30 people. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and when we had 30 people, it was because a Guy Fieri pub crawl happened to come through. <laughs> so, so it was, like, 30 people dressed up like Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> and he still wanted me to do, like, the whole, like, pomp and circumstance of everything. So I'm doing these, like, five-minute intros in front of, like, at one point, it was like ten people, like not paying attention. Oh my god, that is <laughs> insane! And I'm like supposed to do time too, and I'm like, well, I'll do everything that's expected of me. So I'm like, <laughs> the best, the best part was when the Guy Fury people were there, and I just like riffed material about Guy Fury, yeah, and how, that was how mu- how long did you go? 
I think I did like 15 minutes that time or something. Jeez. That's, did it feel like an hour? There's some yeah. shows that it feels like it, you're up there for an hour. It weirdly, it weirdly never feels that long to me. Even when it's brutal, sometimes time goes quicker. Dude, I, I had a show one time and the mic cut out. Like it was a wireless mic. It cut out halfway through my set. Oh, wireless mics. No. <laughs> so the owner, I had to give him the microphone to put new batteries in the whole time. And I'm like, this is the longest of time in my life. It felt so long. Yeah. I've, I've had, I, I was doing a showcase for a little while at this one bar in Greenfield. And it was like, not a bar. It was a restaurant. Okay. And it was people, people were there to eat. Now yeah. it was the comedy never got promoted so well that people were there for the comedy so it was like a very but the the owner of the place was really nice very cool and he paid up top you know for so you had guaranteed money yeah. so you can't turn that you down can't. but and they had a wireless mic and it would it would the first show it cut out like immediately <laughs> and like one of one of the other comics who was like helping produce he like took the mic and then he came back and handed it to me but he didn't tell me that they, like, hadn't done anything to it. They hadn't been able to, like, they didn't have the batteries or whatever. <laughs> so I bring the mic back up, and I'm talking to the mic like it's working, and it's it's not. <laughs> I just thought maybe I couldn't hear the sound system or yeah. something. So I just felt, I hate that. I hate the, like, pretend mic situation. Yeah. It's so weird. It's so weird to do. It's funny because probably the people that were eating, they half of them probably couldn't hear you. Uh, it, was, I, it was a setup where you could project well enough, okay. and it would be fine. Okay. But it, it was... They couldn't hear you as much over, like, the people talking to each other in the back. One time I did a holiday party, and they had me go up at the same time they were eating dinner. So they were eating dinner and just clink, like, just hard, hard China. Like, it was just clink, clink, clink. People are cutting their cordon bleu or whatever they're eating. And there was also nuns in the crowd. So it was, like, it was an interesting show. Yeah, food, it sounds like a good combination. If it's if it's like bar food, you know, if it's stuff like fries and yeah. chicken tenders and burgers, it can maybe be okay. If it's something where people have to like, where their food is like a project they have to work on, you yes. know, if they're like cutting steak while they're watching you, yeah, they're gonna miss most of what you're saying. Cause exactly, it's, it, that draws away from the focus. Yeah, and also there were circle tables, so there were some people that weren't even facing yeah, yeah. me at the time, you know. So they all have to be facing the, the stage at least. Comedy in front of people who do not know comedy is about to happen is very very hard very also turns out the worst it it can work sometimes but the the circumstances are not in your favor yes sometimes it turns out that they're just cool people and they're willing to like play ball you know or you catch you catch just the right thing that gets their attention and you get but then what it's people can be real fickle too like you get them on board and then once you finish that bit they like they're back to talking to their friends we've had your we've had our like couple minutes of you now, your comedic style, I would say, it, it ranges a little bit. I mean, you do do some storytelling, which I do love when you do storytelling. But you are the master of the short joke, the, the short premise, short joke. Hit them, one, two, three, set them up, knock them down. Set them up, knock them down. And where did that come from? Like, who was one of your, like, influences? Like, were you a Hedberg fan? Were you a Stephen Wright fan? Like, where did that come from? Yeah, Hedberg's, Hedberg's like, one of the guys that you knew. If uh, you know, Everyone kind of knows Hedberg, so that's definitely someone. I think it, it just also it came from just trying to, like, I'm very formulaic in my writing. Like, part, part of what really, like, made me sink into comedy was I, I have a creative writing degree, and I, like, I would try to write short stories and stuff, but that was always real hard for me. And then when I started writing jokes, it was like, oh, this is a lot easier. So just, like, refining the language in everything was what I, like, really got into. So trying to write, like, 
short jokes and just see how many words I could get out of them and like how close I could put it all together. Yeah. I know I have I hate I hate this I hate the whole pun thing. My oh. reputation is I'm the pun guy. <laughs> no, I would never because that was but that was like all I wrote for my first like few years because yeah. that was just like the first form of joke writing I could understand. So I could just gone away at them and that sort of teach taught me to write a certain way i've i've been trying to move away like sometimes i'm like all right i can't i can't do another pun punchline so i've got a <laughs> however i'm dealing with this setup i've got to find like another type of punchline to it and so it's it's sort of uh, derives from that i think just trying to have like compact bits but also i don't i don't want to like pigeonhole myself into that too much because it's really to be a one-liner guy it almost becomes it's hard to just have that be part of your act mm-hmm. Uh, if people are like trained to expect your stuff to be real machine gun, and then you try to go into something longer, it can confuse them. Well, also you you almost have to write more jokes for a you know a, a five minute set or a ten minute. 15 oh, absolutely, yeah. That you have to get ready and you have to memorize it and make sure it's in order and it and it flows and it kind of like you know. So what you start doing is you start chaining jokes together, mm-hmm. and then once you yeah. know these three jokes go together, it's like a chunk, yeah. chunking. I always like to. I always call them like sandwiches. Like sometimes you want to sandwich jokes. You have like just filler in the middle yeah. that c- it could be all right standalone, but it was not going to be as as good as the two buns, you know? Right. So that's always works too. But when you put them all together, it's like a full sandwich, and that works well. And I kind of see it as like if you can do a one liner, you can probably get two more tags off of that one line. Yeah. Do you do you, now? Do you write? Like I was going to say like, do you write more than one tag for for? one joke so you make create a joke you're like all right what what can i also say about that joke that might be funnier or might be different how do you go about that i process? do yeah yeah once i have the initial joke i'll try to just keep thinking of like additional steps i can take like what's the thing i could say to follow that and what's the thing i could say to follow that and then you find out what works and what doesn't work sometimes you come up with them on stage too that's always helpful if you can think of something in the moment and you say it if it works try it and again yeah if that works and it's you also might have fun when you do that oh absolutely when you can get something that you the work on stage that you never said before and you're like damn that was perfect i should have wrote that down <laughs> and a lot of times a lot of times it's after the joke i think especially with one liners they could be kind of uh alienating because they're absurd sometimes mm-hmm. they're not based in uh, the same reality so yeah. if your next comment is something about how the audience responded to it you're sort of grounding it yeah you're, you're like walking it back to a connection with the audience so it's like a human moment again anytime you break that wall i think is, is a little bit different for the audience to see how everything is and i think nate bargatze's good at it though i remember his one of his specials he goes all right thanks you guys for coming it's going great and then the audience like stopped laughing after that and he goes all right maybe i lost you who knows <laughs> it's like he broke it that quick it was like yeah. this first thing which is amazing now we have to talk about this now chris chris you do you do great clever humor all right and sometimes it can be taken in a way that's n- people don't think you're joking they don't think the comedian's joking, right? So we were on a Zoom call. <laughs> we were on a Zoom chat that we basically had a few comedians, but it was mostly artists, correct? Yeah, there was uh, mo- it was songwriters. Three comedians, that's it. Yeah. You, four, me, four. David, Tim. Tim didn't even do time, I don't Oh, that's think. right. He didn't really. He was hosting it. Yeah. But it, it went... Oh, Gary. Gary was yeah, on it. Yeah, David, me, you, and Gary. So we had a person on there. I, I, do you want to tell the story, or, sh- or should I set it up? Uh, what, who, who this person was? She, she was a poet. We had a poet go up earlier. Uh, yeah. And she... She, well, she claimed to be a poet. 
She did tell there were poems in there. <laughs> Allegedly. Let's you know, before we get into this, we should we should just talk maybe about how like delicate the subject matter is. Okay, like yes. it's ahead. I mean, it's hard. It's hard with someone who's there and not on board with doing comedy. Because this woman, this poet lady, she was kind of using us as a therapy group. Yes. What she was doing wasn't exactly what an open mic's intended to be. So I don't know how she heard about it. I don't know where she is from or anything. If she would have just done her poems, that would have been fine. Yes. She was wearing fingerless gloves. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. She was wearing fingerless gloves like <laughs> she's like going to the weight room or something. Or Big Jay Okerson. And he and she was also wearing a lay for some reason. Poetry was. Her poetry was kinda yes. like nature y which I mean, hey, not cool. Yeah. I mean it was going it was like, okay, well, we're getting where where her, what the backstory of her poems is, which was great. And then it kind of took a turn, and then says that she is saying she's running for president in 2020. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> so crazy. I forgot about that. She out of all the craziness, she dropped that she's running for president in 2020. It was just, it was too much, you know? You it don't know what insane. to make of someone like that. And that was, that was probably the first 20 minutes of it. <laughs> Yeah, also, we were supposed to be doing, like, maybe 10 minutes at most. She was, she, she was took over. She took over, fast. and you, 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 you coward, you weren't, uh, you didn't have your video <laughs> on. You video. didn't have your, I, I kept <laughs> mine on the entire time. I could not <laughs> put my video on. I, I was just fascinated looking at everyone else. No one knew what to do with their yeah, face. Everyone Everyone's was just, just, jaw was dropping. I saw, like, the, the musicians are just, like, tuning their guitars real intently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, this is, uh, oh, this won't get in tune, what? It was, it was just, uh, you know, <laughs> insane. And then, and what then do you she, want us to she, do? And then she read a poem at the, at yeah. the end, <laughs> roughly based on the poetry. Um, so good musicians that uh, were very talented. Some of them, I'm, yeah, fortunately, like a comedian didn't follow her. Uh, a very good like singer songwriter yes. woman went after. She's put in a very hard place, but it was. It but was, that's the nice thing about music too. Is you just play your song. Yeah, she she did very. She good. didn't have to react. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. Reset everything. So you had to be, were you the next comedian? Uh, David Lewis was next, David and then Lewis I was next. up after David. And that's, these Zoom mics are, it's, it's a whole new way of doing comedy. That was only the second, second time I've done one, I think. And first, it's, yeah, first of mine. It's, it's hard. It's very hard. You don't, you don't understand how hard it's going to be because you think I'm just, I'm telling jokes like I would on stage, but, and it's, it's not even just a matter of you're telling them into a vacuum because you can see the like other participants faces and you're just telling them to like blank stares. Yeah. Like there's no engagement. Yeah. I think like everyone turns their mics off. I think that's almost yep. a mistake. We should be like encouraging each other to like laugh and respond and interact. Because yeah. the way the, the way that was was just brutal. I was so unnerved. I was like yeah. falling apart almost immediately. So you then go up and you you do a, a, a joke where do you want do you want to say tell the joke? Or do yeah, I'll know? just tell the joke. Right, go tell Probably the, joke. the easiest. I mean, you know, I was kind of very babbling through a bunch of like half thought out ideas. Yeah, a very clever joke. Because I don't, I also don't want to. I'm not gonna. It feels so weird trying to do old material. It mm -hmm. feels like you got to at least be doing something current. Uh, yeah. And the joke was just. It was right after Wisconsin. After they rejected the shutdown. Yep. After they ruled it unconstitutional and said everyone was going to open up, and uh, you know, because of the Republicans' protests. So I said that uh, Wisconsin Republicans are getting us our worst press since Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> yeah. That was the joke. Not a great joke. Probably wouldn't that one wouldn't have even made it to the. It might have made it to an open mic, but not a showcase. Great premise, you know. Decent, yeah. Decent premise. 
And I think it's a very. I, I thought this was a very. And funny then joke. I, and seeing those blank stares like that, I always, I always get, I like, I always feel like I just gotta say more. So I also, maybe this made it even worse. I elaborated. I was like, uh, are getting us our worst press since Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, y'all, are y'all familiar with uh, cannibal serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to dig the hole that I didn't even know I was digging a little bit further. <laughs> So, and then I did I did like two or three more minutes after that. Yes, yes. Because I did not have the chat open, and I did not know what was happening. Oh, okay. So Were you well, seeing the I chat was seeing as the, this I was, was seeing happening? The chat. I had the chat open. <laughs> so I had the chat open, and I see Chris do the Jeffrey Dahmer joke. Very funny joke. And all of a sudden, the lady who's running for president with her fingerless gloves and her leg <laughs> types in all caps, never... Never, never. No, here, let me okay. let me actually read the. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> this is what happened. I finished my set and I felt I felt so stupid. I just felt like I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, that was awful. Why am I doing this? I'm wasting everyone's time. And then uh, I see I have a message from David Lewis. So I finished my I finished my thing. <laughs> and before I, I even like look at anything, so I didn't see the chat. I just saw this message from David Lewis, and I open it up. I see these uh, screen caps. From the poet lady, I'm not going to say her name, but from the poet lady to everyone. Jeffrey Dahmer ate and murdered my cousin. Never joke about my murdered cousin. That's in all caps. Yes. (laughs) 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 After that, everything is in all caps, where she just says, fuck you. (laughs) And then, like, Tim, after after you were done, kind of like, hey, just remember these jokes. You know, comedians are saying, you know, they're not... No, Tim. Tim's response was, uh, "It goes, uh, never joke about my murdered cousin. Fuck you, all caps with an exclamation point, all caps and exclamation point. The height of excitement." <laughs> uh, and Tim's response was, "No heckling." And then he did a text smiley face. No heckling, please. Text smiley face. And then the other the other woman who was hosting uh, just posted, "Thank you, Chris." And then, uh, and then she posted, "Fuck you, Tim." <laughs> and I'm like, I read all of this yes. just immediately afterwards, and then I'm like, uh, and I look up and just see like the box of that lady glaring at me just through my computer. And we had to mute her so that she she tried to unmute herself. We had to mute oh, her. Oh shit! And she also then said to Tim or or to the hangout, she like added the hangout and was like. He needs to publicly apologize for what he did. He should never joke about that. Then t- and Tim was like, "Hey, you know, these jokes that are being said, you know, some of the jokes that are being said, they're they're just jokes. That's what they are. We're trying to material, not trying to step on anyone's toes." And, and Tim kind of walked it back. And she said, "My favorite thing." She goes, "This ruined my day." <laughs> <laughs> that was the one thing that ruined her day. Oh man. That's that's amazing. That's so much to unpack there. That is so, and it was the best. I, I've only been on one Zoom chat thing, and that's probably the only one I can ever do. It's uh, you can't top it. I mean, it's it's such a common thing that happens. If you go into comedy, everything should, in theoretic, in theory, be off limits. Mm-hmm. But then something strikes someone in just this personal way, and like, yeah, all hell breaks. Have you ever ever had that before with your jokes? Not not to that extent, I don't think. That was very personal. It's so absurd that it's funny, but at the same time, like, I do, I feel bad that this woman felt this bad about oh, what yeah. had happened. I don't yeah. want to, like, come across as too callous about it, because, like, I think I think she took it personally in a way that I, I have, like, the comfort of saying she didn't need to. Yeah, 
you know, but for her, to, I'm not making a joke about your cousin. I'm making a joke about the guy who was a monster. I'm comparing him. Yeah. I'm essentially, the joke was me saying Republicans are murdering people. Yeah, Wisconsinites are going to die. Yeah. And that's and that's also oversimplifying it. Like, But to her, to have this personal connection. Yeah. It was it was just the perfect storm. I kind of I sort of I like I I kind of googled her and the name yeah. she dropped afterward. Yeah. And sort of like deep dived it. Oh yeah. First off, like everything she said in that chat, she almost has like word for word written in multiple blogs. Really? Yeah. Like okay. this is this is her her okay. thing. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair she enough. talks about all this a lot. <laughs> yeah. I would hope so. If that was like the first time talking about it in front of all these strangers. That would have been insane. It, it feels like a curb your enthusiasm kind of thing. I, I it was a blast. I, had, I <laughs> laughed so hard at that. We can we can end on some lighthearted stuff. I have some I have some questions that I want to get on. And they're just simple questions. What's what's more? Just I'm not pro Jeffrey Dahmer. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I don't think it's cool. Pro De- Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, like I wouldn't if he hadn't if he hadn't even murdered people. I wouldn't even make those <laughs> jokes. You know. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeez. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, Chris. All right. We'll, we'll do. We'll do a quick five questions. Uh, who's the most famous person you ever met? Most most famous person I ever met. Can I say the most the most famous person I ever worked with? Yeah. Tom Arnold. <laughs> oh yeah, you did. I got to host a show <laughs> shortly before the shutdown. Was it at, at the uh, Skyline, Skyline yes. Comedy Club for Tom Arnold? That's that was. That was wild. That's gotta be the. That's gotta be the most famous. That one. was like. That's like the most famous comic I ever worked with, and also like I didn't. I didn't know he was like doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah, loosely on the comic part, you know. Yeah. But like, w- w- like I kind of really like like looked at his career and yeah. like Jesus, the movies this guy's been in. Everything. I've, I've worked with someone who's like close with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, and married Roseanne Barr for many years. Oh yeah, that's pretty. That's a good one. That's a really good one. What's uh, something on your bucket list? Man, I don't know. I really, I'm weird about this. I don't really like keep a bucket okay, list. Like the concept's fair. kind of intimidating to yeah. me. So, you know, I don't, I don't look for huge goals. Are I would you love a, to. Are you a list person? Like, do you make lists when you go to the grocery stores? I don't. No. Oh, really? No, I'm not okay. a list guy. Okay. You know, maybe like, maybe like lists of like, I like like you know movie lists and stuff like that. But goals, I don't know. I would just, I would just love to uh, perform to more people. I guess just get more club work. Yeah, <laughs> this right here Lowest is going to get you done. <laughs> Junior Buds is a lateral move at best. I suppose now my bucket list would just be do comedy again. <laughs> period. Because that's, I don't take anything for granted yeah, anymore. Like def- I don't. We're definitely going to be I'm on stage super far out of so the loop happy. on it all. Like, I yeah. feel like I've, I've lost a lot of footing. Well, no, I know. I mean, everyone is. Yeah, that's, I guess it's, it's I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> a celebrity crush. Celebrity crush. Uh, I don't, I don't want them to know I like them. That's. You think they listen to this? No. Uh, I, I've, I've been kind of crushing on Lauren Lapkus lately. Do you okay, know who that is? Yeah, yeah, Lauren Lapkus. You know, quirky. Yeah. I like a little bit of quirk. Did you watch her new movie, uh, Wrong Missy, or something? I haven't yet. Okay. I ha- I've seen her in some other stuff though. Orange She's, is the New Black. Yep. She's also very good in the Good Morning Show, I believe. With it's, uh, it was like an internet show with Ben Schwartz. Oh, okay. Go check that out. I keep hearing this new one, this new movie with Spade isn't, people say it's not good. I might just watch Uh, it for her, though. I'm I'm sure it's not great. I mean, Spade's... Hey, hey, come on, Spade. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Dirt, who are we, you know? Joe Dirt 2, you know? (laughs) I like Spade. He's easily on par with Tom Arnold. Come on. (laughs) 
Close. Close <laughs> for sure. All right. Least favorite comedian in the scene. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, does anyone, have you asked other comics this question? <laughs> Has anyone not said Drew Flaggy? <laughs> I just wanted to because that say just it. seems like a given. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. I just, I just wanted you to say it. All right, uh, favorite comedy podcast. Uh, I love how this get made. That's a good one with J- Jason Manzukis, Paul Shear, Paul Shear, June Diane Raphael. Yeah, very. Yeah, good. that one, man. I like their live episodes. Those are great. Yeah. I don't listen to their their studio ones. They're, I'd say they're both about equal. The live ones sometimes have a little bit more energy. But yeah, I like for me, it depends on the movie. And also, if I've sometimes it's oh yeah. yeah. There's if you've seen the movie or if you if you learn the movie through the podcast. I just love Jason Manzukis yelling at the crowd. Yeah, he just, he just yells at the, <laughs> or yells at the balcony. It's amazing. Yeah, go check out how this get made if you have not already. It would have been better if you had said Judd and Earbuds, but that would have been awesome. That would have been a great way to end the podcast. I'm really, I well, <laughs> I gave you Drew Flaggy. That's you know? true. That's true. I was fishing for much. <laughs> Dream, how did this get made? Would be uh, if they did My Friend Dahmer. That would really be perfect. <laughs> That'd be a good one. <laughs> and their guest was that poet lady. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Chris, it was amazing. Thank you for being Should on the absolutely. podcast. Thank you, for having, thank you for talking to me. I Dude, miss talking to people. Yeah, it's been it's been <laughs> fun just holding microphones yeah. and talking into them like it's something. But Exchange of ideas. Yeah, we were out. We were in a park. It's a beautiful day here it in is. Milwaukee. It was amazing. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. Judd, thank you. Thank you for the forty of Corona. Yeah, forty well. Corona. We're gonna do an air. We're gonna do Ooh, an air cheers. Clink. Boom, Crody Florida. Join your buds. Forty episode. Mm. All right. Well, thank you, Join your buds listeners. Next week we'll have. Another guest. We'll do it up. See Eight you guys. And murdered. <laughs> See you Eight guys. And murdered. I blacked out. I don't know what happened. Hey, Christian Noach, what's your favorite comedy podcast? Um, I mean, I listen generally to sports podcasts, but if I had to go strictly comedy, I'd go Judd and your earbuds.